Hi, I'm Joe Madden, and you are listening to Halfway Around the Halo. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariner racing back to the track. Go! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Halfway Around the Halo, a UK Angels podcast. I think this is season three, episode 11 now. We're well underway in the season. May is upon us and we're back to talk Angels baseball with you. I'm, of course, your host, Nick Wright, at LA Angels UK. And my wonderful co-host is joining me once again, Dave, Dave Evans. How you doing? I'm good, Nick. Thanks. Um, yeah, an interesting week of Angels baseball, eh? Oh yeah, very interesting. But it, it's a bank holiday here in the UK, isn't it? And we're looking outside your window right now, looking outside my window, it is absolutely vile on the Monday. The it's wind, not allowed. It, Shouldn't be allowed. I know we have multiple listeners over in uh, Southern California and just be grateful for the weather you have all year round because I know some of you like the seasons and probably would appreciate a bit of rain and a bit of wind. But when it's your May bank holiday, it's a day off work on a Monday and it's Honestly, it's disgusting outside. It's been better. It could be a lot better. I went for a walk this morning and it was okay then, but now I'm glad I'm inside. Yes, I will not be leaving the house for the rest of the day. I can uh, assure you of that. But have you been up to anything else since we last spoke last week? What's been going on? It was our opening day yesterday uh, for the boys. So um, we've started the season off with two wins out of two. So yeah, great performance all around from the boys. So, yeah, it's just a shame to be on the sideline scoring and not involved. Shows they don't need you, really, doesn't it? It's a worry. It's a worry. It could turn out like that. Who knows? How, was, we'll the, how was the catching? I would. They did well. I've got a problem coming back soon. I might have to injure one of them. No, it's, no they did, they, boys, did, <laughs> boys did an all-round great job. So, uh, can't be upset with that. Can't be upset. Excellent, excellent. So, let's talk Angels baseball. The week we've just had... We obviously spoke last time just before the Texas series started, didn't we? So we had three yeah. games against Texas and three against Seattle. And we've come out exactly as we've been doing all season with a 500 record in those series. We've split them three and three, as predicted by yours truly. And uh, not great, to be honest. I don't think... I mean, we won that Texas series, which is great. We've just lost to the Mariners, who honestly are not very good. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure how they keep having this winning record, but yeah, what did what did you see this week? We'll go into into depth with these games, but what did you see on the outset? It's a, a week of frustration, really, isn't it? I think a reoccurring theme is runners in scoring position. You know, certainly in Texas game two, where we had 21 left on base and we were two for 11, and then our starters just just not going deep enough in, in three of those outings now. The Cobb outing, he was lucky that he had size Chris Rodriguez in there to uh, pick him up. But, you know, when you think, you know, three of those games, half the games of the week, you know, your starters aren't hardly getting out of third inning. That's just not good enough. And that's not the recipe for successful baseball over 500. What do you think it is about this team's inconsistencies with runners in scoring position? Because we know they're one of the best hitting teams in the majors right now. I mean, all the stats back that up, you got three guys who are on absolute fire. What what do you think it is about our inability to drive in runs 
sometimes when it matters? I don't know. I mean, I really need to drive down into some of these pictures. I mean, the the stats between left and right is still, you know, same old angels in that respect. We cannot hit right-handed pitching. We can't get on base against right, uh, sorry, left-handed pitching. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just, it's actually quite impressive on how bad it is comp- compared to difference. Exists, unless your name's Mark Trout, um, you know, he's still 300 against left-handed, 450 against righties at the moment. But when, when you then get that, compare that with Walsh, you know, it's 276 against lefties, which isn't terrible. But when you compare that to righties, it's a 393, you know, it's, so it'll be interesting to see what that sort of breakdown is on some of those later positions and whether the lefty relievers are coming in. Cause we actually saw a lot of right-handed starting pitching over the last six games. So we can't even really use that as an excuse, except for Justice Sheffield. Who... Yeah. Last night was frustrating, wasn't it? Because yeah. We were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring positions, but that 0 for 8 all happened quite early in the game. Sheffield was every, like, all over the place, wasn't he? He was, he had no command at all. I mean, he was just missing his spots regularly. But our guys were just getting frustrated because they were missing pitches they would usually drive out. You saw the active frustration from Upton, from Trout, from Walsh. I mean, pitches that they know they should be doing better with and we just couldn't seem to hit it. And I, I have no idea what it is about the kryptonite that is left-handed pitching, particularly soft-tossing left-handed pitching for this <laughs> I have to admit, I think if we had the answer, we could make ourselves quite a lot of money of um, RT and the organisation. So if we can come up with a solution to this, um, all the better for it. Eh? But no, it's... And again, poor Dylan Bundy. Fifth quality start in six, and he's only three. How? Yeah. We'll get to Dylan because I want to talk starting pitching in a bit. But this series, let's just go back. If you remember, it's in theory, in theory, it's showtime today on the mound against Tyler Glass now, which should be an unbelievable matchup. But we go back a week and obviously he started against the Texas Rangers, didn't he? He went five innings, three hits, four runs, four earned runs, two walks and nine strikeouts. But those four runs came in uh, first inning where he was just, looked like he was going to be knocked out of the game early, which is always the big worry with Shohei. You always think that he, if he, obviously, if he can't get through the first and his command issues and everything else we've seen every time in the first this year, then you've really put the team at a disadvantage going forward without the DH. But he yeah. got through it and tossed some at four innings of absolute perfect baseball. I mean, he was, that's exactly what you need to see from Shohei. And then he backed it up by three at-bats, two hits, two RBIs and a walk. Wow. I mean, that set the tone for the series, didn't it? We won that game 9-4, I believe. After spotting them four runs in the first, we got it back instantly in the second, hit another three in the third. And that's what you want to see from this team, the resilience and the bounce-back ability, which we've seen on occasion this year, but not the consistency. Yeah, well, it just showed us what they're capable of if they, if you know, if it's all clicking at the same time. I was worried after that first inning, I think, like everybody else, because it was very, very dodgy. But, you know, some of those... Um, strikeouts that you're starting to get with that with his slider it's just absolutely filthy and almost not fair to the hit. and mm-hmm. that's that's an, that's what a tiny is capable of right you know Upton and Paul Holmes going back to back as well in, in the fifth inning so that that was nice to see but yeah it, it it felt like that offense that should have been the starting point of what could have been a really good week of baseball it was just so inconsistent carrying on yeah I mean you talk about his breaking balls there. Obviously, we know the splitter is unbelievable, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But then when he was mixing in 
that slow curveball and the slider and got the fastball pumping. I mean, that's why he has to be given every single opportunity he can be given on the mound because the stuff is elite. There are very few pitchers in Major League Baseball that have the arsenal and the stuff that he has. And you've got to give him that chance. And I'm glad that the Angels seem to just completely taken the training wheels off this year and let him go, let him be show her. Yesterday, yesterday he got hit on the arm, didn't he? Which is scary, and he might not pitch tonight because of it. Then he goes and steals second and steals third. I mean, what a guy. You can't imagine that of happening over the last couple of years previously. If, if he gets that hit, he's been taken out of the game 100%. when he first came. So that that's good to see that, you know, he's <laughs> he's an adult. He knows his body. If it hurts, he'll come out. But otherwise, let, let, the, let the guy play. And it was nice to see some space stealing. We talked about this last week as well. It was just nice to see for a change, someone trying to take three and make something happen. Because things happen when you run the bases. Absolutely, although they didn't on this occasion, did they? No. <laughs> I, um, I just saw a stat, though, from Sarah Lang's uh, Slangs on Sports. Six pitchers have a pitch type they've yet to allow a hit on this year. Minimum 20 uh, play appearances, anyone pitch. So Atani's won with his splitter, which is 20 play appearances, and he hasn't conceded a hit on it. The other five guys, Will Smith's slider, Carlos Rodon's slider, Ryan Weather's slider, Brian Shaw's cutter, and Dustin May's curve. I mean, I'm not really sure what you can read into that company. They're not necessarily the elite guys. You'd think, well, Will Smith maybe and uh, Dustin May potentially, although he's got a bad arm injury. I fear, well, I say fear. I mean, no, no one likes to see injuries, but the Dodgers getting weaker is never a bad thing, particularly in a week where we play them. But, I mean, it just shows the sort of company and that pitch, just how elite it really is. Yeah, not many people can have that sort of arsenal. Um if Atani's on, he's on, and we aren't conceding many runs, in theory. So, you know, it'll be interesting. If he does go against Knight, he needs to have that command back because Glasnow's not going to be giving many up, and we're not going to be getting, unless our offense, offense really turns up. It could be potentially quite a low-scoring game, so we need Otani fully fit. If he's not fully fit for it, there's no point. It's going to be hard enough as it is. Yeah, for sure. Second game against Texas, then. The old problems rid their ugly head. Quintana back on the mound and after seemingly maybe turning the corner in his previous start, he was back and he pitched 3.1, gave up six hits, five earned runs, two homers. His ERA stands at 10.13 now after four, is it four or five starts this year? Yeah. I don't like to, you never like to uh, rule someone out too early, do you? You never like to say that this is not going to turn around. And we'd like to hope he does turn around and he needs to get back to somewhere near his career norms. But not being a promising start, has it? Very concerning start for me. Um, I don't want to say I'm in full panic mode just yet with Quintana. But unlike Alex Cobb, I've not seen anything yet to really get me excited that this guy's even going to be average for us. Some of these trends that he's showing have, you know, it's disastrous at the moment. That's possibly the best word that I've got for it you know he's got a whip 2.3 it's just so much traffic on the basis when he's up there you know he's averaging what just over three innings a start there's just nothing there which you can talk about which is just good if you compare him to Sandoval when he came up in 2019 Sandoval was better in 2019 than what we've got right now Sandoval was better in 20 compared to what we have now the whole point of bringing in Contrana which we've all expected was hopefully just average just needs to be average He's not even doing that right now. 
He's got a leash. He, I'm certain he has a leash still. He has a few more starts. Do you think, I was going to ask you that, how, how long do you think his leash is? How long before we start looking at someone like Sandoval, someone like Berea? I don't know. I mean, he's had four starts. I mean, how, how soon do you hit the panic button? We're at 500. You know, if it was just Quintana on his own having a bad rough time, then we could probably give him a leash. But at the moment, you've got three of them. We've had a bad week again. So I think... But the problem is, and also the problem is, the three of them that had a bad week are a different three to the three of them that had bad weeks the week before. That's where the frustration is coming from. Apart from Dylan Bundy. And yeah, the, 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 consistency, the consistency is that it's only Quintana who's, who's being poor at the moment, isn't it? Um, I, I would probably give him two, another two starts, three starts, and then maybe you're starting to think about it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to work out what's in Madden's heads because obviously... He knows him, but it's a toughie. It's a toughie at the moment. Yeah. Speaking of Madden's head, so we go to the next day. We we do get the win. We take the series 4-3. But that is not with the help of our starting pitcher. Because as you mentioned earlier, Cobb went only two innings pitch. He gave up three earned runs after the Angels had scored four in the first. Basically gave up all of that momentum and all of that uh, cushion. Um, but Madden pulled him after two. I mean, did you like to see that decisive management or would you have let him go out there? I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, Madden got spot on because Chris Rodriguez came in, pitched 3.1, only gave up one hit and a walk and guided us through to the back end of the pen, Watson, Myers and Iglesias, who were able to lock it down. So the benefit of hindsight, I mean, great decision from Madden. Clearly Cobb didn't have his stuff again, but obviously it potential to tax the pen completely so I don't know what you thought about that decision I like the decisive nature I think after the Quintana start the night before you, you couldn't afford to let another disastrous start just completely give you no chance throughout the rest of the game um, personally he didn't have it you said it yourself he didn't have his stuff he was getting hit he wasn't getting whiffs okay he didn't walk anyone that's you know silver lining <laughs> but it, it was the right call as far as I was concerned and I was really happy that it was Chris Rodriguez to come in because again it just shows that trust level is there with Chris we spoke about it last week and Chris came in he's put down another marker you know he got for another 3.1 you know ground ball specialist almost in that one wasn't it what six ground ball outs he had mm -hmm. one walk one K one hit you look good you know Chris has got a 2.4 ERA at the moment I wouldn't mind some of our starters having that sort of number well this is what I was going to get to so that's the other thing I mentioned Berea Sandoval earlier from Quintana continues to struggle. But there has been some clamour already to see Chris Rodriguez move to the rotation. And I think that would be a mistake, personally. I mean, he's doing such a valuable job in the pen. We don't have anybody else that can go to that. Maybe if you bring Felix Pena back in, who, for some reason, they've left off the big league club, even though he's been ready for a couple of weeks, um, you could move Rodriguez into a starting role, but I think it's too soon for him. He's barely pitched in years. He's never pitched at this level before. I don't know what you think. I, I'm completely torn with it because he can definitely do it. I wouldn't be worried about the stuff going in. Um, what I think he's been left kept at around 30 to 40 maximum pitches. Yeah, it's not um, so much the stuff. It's the durability and definitely the length. You're right. Yeah. Between 30, 40 pitches. I think he just went over 40 pitches the other day. But there's nothing more than that. And the stuff is definitely... It gets a bit wilder when you get reach that threshold. 
Yeah, so I mean, only for durability. I, I wouldn't. I, I almost want to see him be a starter, but always piggybacked off and not not necessarily an opener, but a combination at the moment. If it was to say a Sandoval, then followed up by Rodriguez, I think that's a good starting point. Let Sandoval get through once, maybe one and a half, bring Chris in, mainly because then Chris will always pick up the wins for my fantasy team, which is even better because that strategic placement. But uh, that in that sort of situation, then yeah, you keep you can keep him to his like three innings. 30 to 40 pitches and see see where he gets you sort of thing. I'm not fully sure. I, I know he, he is ready. That's the wrong word. But health-wise, do you want to risk it yet? He's doing so well where he is. I think I'd rather see Felix or Sandoval or someone like that. Not sure about Berea. He seems to get hit a lot these days, and I don't think he's the answer right now. But I think I'd rather see Sandoval coming in. So does the rest of our starting rotation. He'd <laughs> right. fit yeah. right in. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a fair point. But no, I think... If it was me, you're giving Quintana another couple of starts where Chris Rodriguez is probably going to be piggybacking off him because he only sort of starts once every four or five days anyway, doesn't he? He's only yeah. being utilised. So he's effectively a piggyback starter already. So mm. I would utilise him in that sort of role. Interesting. So then we go, we win the series with Texas then, go into Seattle. Heaney, who's off the back of three really good starts. Again, what happened to him? He went 3.1, six hits, four end runs five strikeouts, but he gave up three homers. Thankfully, they were all solo homers, weren't they? But still, I mean, again, another game where the Angels score a couple of runs in the first, take a lead, and then we just keep... I think Heaney gave up one run in each of the four innings he was in there for. It's just so frustrating, isn't it? There doesn't seem to be any sort of consistency with Angels starting pitching between starts. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we said this with Heaney as well. <laughs> I feel feel responsible because I actually put Heaney down to win that game, didn't I, as well? Because I backed him after his last three starts. But his inconsistency was the most consistent thing about Heaney again. But, you know, you're six through nine as well, combined for zero for 13 with one walk. You know, when your orders split that much as well. You know, on another day... Who knows um, with the bats, but no, it, it wasn't the best of performance from Andrew. He, it was only a couple of fastballs left upstairs, wasn't it? Not quite high enough. You could see what he was trying to do, just didn't locate. Absolutely punished for him. Which is strange, because in his previous start, he was getting a lot of swing and miss and a lot of strikeouts on that pitch. Yeah, so a couple of uh, mistaken location, really. And as I say, you get hammered. Absolutely hammered, but at least a tiny hammered. <laughs> yeah, there's always... Always small, small victories, I guess. Small, small victories. victories. And then we go, though, the next... This is why this team is so Jekyll and Hyde. It's so frustrating because it's so inconsistent. We go into the second game in the series with Canning on the mound, who you, before this series, predicted as the one loss because yeah. you said there's no chance for Canning on the mound. And Canning goes and pitches an absolute gem. But the Angels give him so much run support. But Canning goes 5.1, three hits, nine strikeouts. The Angels get 10 runs within the first four innings and I mean the offense dies after that and we don't see them again but you don't need to if you've got a starting pitcher that's done what he's done and then bats that have lit up the start of the game well Canning went and done what I thought Heaney would do and Heaney did what I thought Canning would do so they've just mugged me off completely really clearly they listened to the show cheers boys um yeah the offense turned up as you, as you say and Jared Walsh game in the first and the second inning as well game deep uh 
big big boy went down as well. So uh, along with Trouty, so it, it it was nice to see. But I wouldn't have minded them spreading out some of those home runs maybe into the next game as well. Yeah, it would have been nice. It would have been nice considering last night we've already touched on it a bit, but the bats were completely dead. We were getting on base, left eight runners in scoring positions. We only had one hit though for ages, didn't we? We were just Sheffield was walking a lot of guys, hitting a few guys, and we were getting on base and stealing bases and moving runners over. Just couldn't drive them in, and we had the opportunities. We've got no one to blame on that one but ourselves, really, have we? Um, such such a frustrating because, as, as you said earlier, if, uh, Sheffield wasn't that good at all, and we've let him off the hook rightly there, um, and especially not supporting Bundy again like that, and, and to be shut out by that, oh, filthy. I know that pen though. That Mariners pen is really good. I don't think I'd appreciated that until now. Again, a lot of lefties in there though, which doesn't help us, but really really nice mix of pitches for the, for the Mariners and fair play to Depoto. So far, he's built a really nice pen for them. Yeah. What can I say? I mean, yeah, Mariners, good pen. I mean, I'm sticking what I said with last week. I think they'll drop off eventually, I hope, because <laughs> otherwise that means that we're staying down where we are, which isn't going to be good for our season. Let's talk about Jared Walsh. You mentioned him a minute ago, but what a 2021 he's having so far. 90 at-bats, he's averaging 356, six homers, leads the team with 21 RBIs and OPS over, well, it's 1.044. Where's this come from? I asked Jared, I remember before the season started, whether he was legitimate. I had a lot of doubts, I must be honest. His September was so good and so hot. But you just thought it was one of those, I mean, it happens, doesn't it? Guys come up, there's no like prior knowledge of them really for pitchers across the majors and they have this hot start. And it still could be that. I mean, it's still only a couple of months into his big league career properly and he still may be found out. But what have you seen from this guy? Do you think this is legitimate? Do you think this is a guy that's going to stick around at first base for the Angels for years to come? I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> I want to say yes, 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 but I don't want to jinx it because... That's how good I am. I'll say one thing and then the opposite will happen. At what point does a small sample size not become a small sample size? If you give me that answer, that'd be great. Because, yeah, last year, his September was fantastic. I mean, you, you've got the question marks. But, you know, he's gone through, what, 90 at-bats now? He's yeah. getting through 32 hits. His home run power's there. You know, he's producing. You know, you don't think about RBIs as a major stat. But, you know, he's bringing the runners in. Um He's got a strikeout in his game, but he's certainly not as bad as others. He's walking, he's on base, he's hitting. I, I hope that this is that gem which we've got now from within this system. You know, always, always worry about sort of triple A figures and stuff like that. They're inflated, so there is always worry there. But it, it's definitely it has definitely translated into into the big league. Um, yeah, I really do hope he is the one to stay because. <laughs> and you've got Jared Walsh hitting like he's hitting down in the five hole. Wow. I mean, Rendon's got his own protection. He has, but what would you do about him in the field? Because he's out there in right field at the moment, which means that Albert is playing first base pretty much every day. And whilst he's hit five home runs this year, he is batting 192. He still a, shouldn't be in the lineup every day. He's still a it, bit of a black hole there. Uh, I know he can. He had a bit of warning track power in the in the week as well. Yeah, a couple that looked like they were flying out and stayed in the ballpark. But I'm still not convinced with 
Pujols at first base every day and uh, Jared Walsh in right field. I would like to see Walsh playing more at first and us bringing up a outfielder, whether that's Ligaris back, whether that is, well, we need to wait until he gets some at-bats at the uh, AAA, but Brandon Marsh potentially in the next month or two. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I certainly don't think Jared Walsh in right field is long-term whatsoever. It's certainly a necessity at the moment, isn't it? I think Ligares obviously got options in when he came back. So let's see what that looks like down there. Um, because I, I think in the games that he did play to start with, he, he wasn't hitting like he was in, in spring. Um, not that, you know, his spring's a marker or anything like that. So I, I think it will be detrimental to Albert at this stage now to be playing every day at first base, which is what he's starting to do. But there are really no other real options there, I suppose, at this time. I don't know. Um, otherwise, I, I would rather see Taylor Ward go out into right at the moment and get Jared back into first base. But I, th- I think that will happen in, in, in due course. I'm, I'm not too worried. I don't think it's going to be long term whatsoever. Yeah, let's wait and see. But I personally am not particularly happy with how that's playing out at the moment. Fowler going down is... Hmm disappointed well maybe not disappointed but underwhelmed as we were with the signing and early performances I think he was filling quite a valuable role in the lineup and in right field so I do think this situation is going to need addressing as the season goes on and Walsh needs to start spending more time at first and we need to get somebody who can play a good right field in um, and hopefully can swing a hot bat as well would be nice. Yeah, I mean, Dexter Fowler was actually starting to put it together, wasn't he, really, in the in the week, in the build-up to it. You know, a few clutch hits, good clutch moments, and was an important member of that team to allow Jared to come back down to first. So, um, how I won, okay, that we're actually missing Dexter Fowler. Yeah, it would have fought with it. Exactly. A little too ironic. No, I really do think it's like rain. <laughs> Let's, let's move on from singing. Yeah. Um, so this series, this week, really tough week coming up. Uh, probably as, almost as tough as you could write it up, I'd say. We've got four with Tampa, three with the Dodgers, and then after that, we won't talk about today, but three with Houston. Really hard week for the Angels. What does a good week look like, do you think? I, I mean, it's seven games. You can't go 500. But would you be happy if we take three of them? I think anything which doesn't involve us being swept, <laughs> I'll take right now. You know, Bundy seems to turn up and we don't give him run support. I'm very concerned that we've got Quintana and Cobb going against Tampa. Uh, well, scheduled to go against Tampa. What Heaney's turning up all of a sudden, I can't back him. If it is a tiny tonight, great. But, you know, he's up against Glasnow, who is no slouch whatsoever. He's carrying on where he left off. And then it's the Dodgers. And we, we saw what that looked like in spring training, which was our last look at them. Two mm. wins. Two wins out of this lot. Atani, quite happy yeah. with. It's Atani tonight, supposedly. Quintana, Cobb, Heaney. You've got to think one of them, or two of them, have got to at least put in a good performance, don't you? The Rays have been a bit indifferent this year as well. They haven't been the team they were last year. They've got a losing record. They're 14 and 15. So we can get at them. I mean, we shouldn't be scared of them. No. They're pretty much playing the same sort of ball that we are this year. A lot of inconsistencies. And obviously, we, as we've spoken about, I mean, Glasnow and they got McClanahan starting tomorrow, whose stuff is equally good. I mean, I don't know if you watched any of his 
start against Oakland or just saw some of the clips on social media, but the movement he had on his pitches was scary, particularly from a, I think he's a lefty. Oh, yeah, great. Throwing, yeah, a lefty throwing <laughs> fire. He's not soft tossing though, so we might have a chance. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think that race series, you've got to be looking to at least split it. You've yeah. got to at least two wins from that with the Dodgers coming to town. But we, we shouldn't be scared of the Dodgers either. They're 17 and 12, but they've been on a very bad run. They blew out the Brewers yesterday. They had all this pent-up frustration, I think, and they just took it Unleashed. all out on the Brewers. Yeah. They've been slumping. They have been slumping the last week or so. So hopefully they haven't turned too much of a corner. And by the time they get to Anaheim up the freeway, they're still in a bit of a a bit of limbo. I don't know. You, we've got to try and remain confident, haven't we? Oh, 100%. And we remember what we did to the Dodgers. Was it last, was it last year or year before? You know, we swept them. We, we've got a good record. Year before last year. Yeah, so... Last year, we didn't sweep anyone, did we? We were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's no, true. Yeah, no, I, I remember speaking with Dodgers previously. Um, yeah, but the problem is we are just consistently inconsistent at the moment, and, and that's the best thing about it. So I could see us easily pick up a number of wins. I can also easily see us, our bats just not turning up. If the bats turn up, we I will put us against anyone with that lineup if, you know, if it puts together, because it's, you know, it's hot. Those guys can mash, so I'm not too worried about that. But let's let's just see what they can pull out. Okay, I'm gonna try new things. We're gonna do some predictions, but I want you to give me your prediction for each series. But also, I want you to give me a man of the series. So you got to predict the one to watch. Who's gonna be the best performing angel in each series? Wow, without saying Atani or Trout, because <laughs> that's normally the guys to go to. If that's who you think it's gonna be, you can say them, but you could be wrong. Go for the race series first. For the race series. I, I need to stay confident. But oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna take one out of the race series with a little bit of reverse psychology. In the hope that if I'm hey, I, I was I was far too confident last week, clearly. No, I told you that as well. I said we'd go four and two or three and three, and we went three and three. But... Yeah, so I'm gonna do the old reverse psychology now and see see how that plans out. I think um I don't think Otani makes a start tonight. Let's see what happens. But I think he'll be in the lineup, which is that case. Glasno takes it. Um, Quintana, nah, no. And I think <laughs> Cobb or Heaney, one of those two, I think will bounce back. But let's see. I'm not seeing who they're supposed to be up against at the moment. I haven't sat and worked it out. So I'm going to say Heaney picks up his win. You know, we've seen enough of Heaney recently. He had he had a bit of a bad start last time out, but he did have three good starts before that. So that's where we're going to pick up the win there, Heaney. And um, a man in the series. Hmm. I'm going to go with two bags. He's starting to heat up. Two bags? I think. like it. Yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's getting there. He, a slowish start after his injury stint, but he's come back. He, you know, he's starting to hit. He's, he's had his dingers. Um, he's on base. He's starting to creep up again already against righties. So... You know, he's at 391 on base, hitting 317 against the righties. So, yeah, let's, um, let's see. Not great against lefties as usual, but he is an angel. He is an angel. Right. I'm going to go three wins for the Angels in this series. I'm going to have three wins. And I'm going, my man of the series is going to be Alex Cobb against his former team. He's going to throw seven shutout innings. I would love you to be correct. <laughs> given my predictions I would love for you to be correct that is what's happening let's go over then to the Dodgers three games against the Dodgers 
What are you going for here? Ah, uh, we're sweeping the Dodgers. Let's do it. <laughs> I love the look on your face. <laughs> no one else can see it, but that's not impressed. No. Um, you know what? I think a little bit of hometown rivalry is going to go a long way here. Um, yeah, 2 1. Let's do it. 2 Let's 1. Be com- yeah, Let's be confident. Yeah. 2 1. Who, who's winning this series for us? Well, Bundy will have no run support, so he'll probably lose. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to work it out, really, because it all depends on if a tiny goes tonight, and we've not seen the lineup yet. Wow, I mean, who's your player of the series? I don't care who your starters are. All right, I think my player of the season, uh, play, season series will be a tiny. I think a tiny's going to love that. No, I guess the on him. Like it. Okay, I'm going to say it's going to be a sweep for the Dodgers. I think <laughs> for the Dodgers. I think we're going to lose all three, unfortunately, yeah. which means that we'll end up the road, the home series with a uh, the home stand with a three and four win loss record, which to be honest right now, if I was offered it, I'd probably take. And my man of the Dodgers series, if you can have a man of a series when you get swept, it's going to be Justin Upton. He's going to hit a couple of bombs. A couple Reckon. of Jay up. Otherwise, it's going to be a pretty miserable series, unfortunately. So we're picking the same record, at least, just a different way about it. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's interesting, though, isn't it, how much we fluctuate on a week-by-week basis on where Angels baseball is. A lot of the positivity from the start of the season is still there, but it's just been hammered in a bit. Um, yeah, if you were to ask me again what my win prediction for the season was, it wouldn't be 90 wins right now. You can. <laughs> I think um, the you ceiling can. was there for it, but I, I think the consistency isn't now. You keep expecting them to go on a run, don't you? And they can't, they never quite put it together. I'm hoping once this tough May stretch is out of the way, they might start putting a few more wins together because we can't seem to bunch them up. We bunched them up at the start of the season, but ever since then, we're just it's a win, yeah, it's, a win there. But it's been, just, a, tu- it's been a tough, t- tough couple of weeks. Um, and we just haven't managed to find a groove, but we're still at 500. So there's that to take from it. We haven't been going great, we've been scuffling along. And we're still at 500. So there's still hope. And, and I'm certainly not giving up just yet. Yeah. And unfortunately, though, this week, the worst bit is for all our UK fans out there, there are no UK-friendly games coming up this week, unfortunately. The Tampa Bay series is all 238 starts, every single one of them. Then we go to the Dodgers. We got a 238 start, a 207 a.m. start. And finally, next Sunday, we get a 907 p.m. start. But it's not a it's not a great week for us that like a nice midweek UK friendly game. Unfortunately, the schedule hasn't allowed it. No, not unfortunately not not on this occasion, eh? So um, there'll be some uh, tired eyes throughout the week. Exactly. But uh, as usual, shout out to the UK Halos fan base listening to this and connecting with us, and we love it. And I've said this in the previous seasons of the show. We'd also love to get you coming on and talking about your Angels baseball story. We've always wanted to listen to more. I mean, everyone's got a different story. I mean, many of us have got a similar holiday type story, but not everyone. I know there's lots of people from the 80s and the 90s that got into the Angels in very different ways. So if you do want to come on and uh, talk about that and talk to Dave and I about Angels baseball for a bit, please let us know. Just send me a DM, send me an email. The email's on the Twitter page, so please do it. Speaking of UK Halos, Dave, we've got a fancy week update, don't we? We do. Uh, week four is now in the books and I'm, I'm quite comfortable in saying it. I managed to win my week, so it's the only reason you've got an update because otherwise I'd have been salty as anything, just would not be bothered. <laughs> so, um, 
Fine. Yeah, so let's give us a, a, a quick update. And of course, another full report will be on the website, laangelsuk.com, later on down the line. So um, week four is in the books. Um, French boys, angels, another shout out to our LA Angels France accounts, um, beating Los Ingos two, 223 to 211. So Los Ingos unfortunately remain without win and go zero and four on the season. French boys move to three and one and face off for myself this week. So that'll be fun. Our undefeated Leeds oh, Halos. Come on, the French boy. <laughs> come on, the French boys. Our undefeated Leeds Halos stay undefeated. They beat the Nottingham City 306 to 268. So they move to 4 0. And Nottingham City moving to 2 2. Our other undefeated team, Coat of Glouse, winning 266 to 167 against Leeds Lions. Um, so that, that's them moving up to 4-0 and, and Leeds Lions going to 1-3. So but interestingly, though, there were some other matchups that both Coat of Glass and Leeds Halos would have actually lost over the course of the week. So they survived by virtue of not playing some other teams like myself and Bedell Bigay, who uh, would have eclipsed in this cheek. But um, speaking of Bedell Bigay, big win against Team Hawkins with a huge 411 to 226 scoreline. Uh, Bedell and Hawkins are both now 2-2. Two and two. And Bedell's 411-point haul is the highest in the week and overall is the highest point scorer to date, having so far amassed 1,487 points, with Coach of Glaus coming in in second with 1,368. So a bit of a a gap starting to lead up there with the um, points for division. Um, My Essex Spiders won for a second week in a row, which is why you're getting this report, beating um, Team Purcell 315 to 216. I'm go- I've now gone to two and two with Team Purcell slipping to three and one. So in the last episode, I was rooting for the South Coast Dingers and hoping that they were going to do- duly deliver a win against yourself. And thank you very much. They did. So uh, your LA Angels losing out to 328 to 280. So with both of you now on two and two records. I felt I felt bad losing with 280 points. It would have won quite a few matchups, I think. It would, but it didn't. So it's unfortunate for you, eh? Uh, but last, uh, no means least, uh, Team Boyd came through against Geordie's Angels, winning 372 to 201. Team Boyd moves to 3-1, and one, and Geordie's Angels still searching for that first W. So um, it, it'll come, though. We've got to keep the faith. Um, highest points player of the week. Who do you think that was? Which player got the most points over the week? Like, um, You wouldn't expect Carlos, it. Carlos Rodon. No. What's the picture? Corey Kluber. Believe it or not, yeah. innings yesterday, no double run. game week. Yeah, double game week, fifty-six points, um, two wins, fifteen Ks, three walks, and only one earned run in fourteen point two. So, uh, not a bad little uh, pick up there as well. Late, late round gem. Um, week five matchups: Team Hawkins versus Nottingham City, South Coast Dingers versus Los Ingos. My Essex Spiders take on the French Boys Angels, as we said. LA Angels UK versus Geordie's Angels. So, Geordie, I hope you get that first win of this week because it would be nothing better than you beating Nick. Uh, Leeds Lions versus the high-scoring beast that is Bedell Big A. Team Boyd versus undefeated Leeds Halos and the undefeated Coat of Glaus up against Team Purcell. So, will Team Boyd and Team Purcell be the ones to stop the undefeated teams this week? Let's find out next week. I'll tell you what, if I lose this week, I'm retiring from the league. That's absolutely fine with me. Maybe you can start trading me some of your players. No, absolutely not. I'm more likely to rip off one of your legs one by one from those spiders. Fair enough. I don't blame you. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. No, thanks for the roundup, Dave. 
I'm sure the listeners are delighted to be able to keep up to date with the goings on in the UK. I'm sure. Probably means absolutely nothing to them, but we got one uh, shout out to Steve. He he told us he enjoyed the fantasy roundup last week, so we'll keep this going and keep everyone updated. And also shout out to all those participants in the league who I'm sure appreciate their their shout outs as well. Next week, I want you to get some names in there. Tell the listeners who these people are. At the moment, they're just franchises. They're just franchises to you. You're as bad as the Glazers. You're just bad <laughs> and Cronky. You know what? They're just names on a piece of paper, as far as I'm concerned. Until I have a, a winning record, I don't care. Just legacy <laughs> to you. Legacy fans. I bet you're in favour of that Super League as well. Unbelievable. Uh, oh, not, not, I'm not a scummer, no. <laughs> so, Dave, is there anything else, Angels Baseball, you've got on your... You want to get in your soapbox about this week? I think I'm good for this week now. I think we've had enough negativity for this one. But um, I do like the idea of Max Scherzer still, especially after his last start. Yeah, but the problem is if he keeps pitching like that, the price goes up and the teams that want him goes up and the Nats are probably less likely to sell. So yeah, probably, probably don't want too many more of those. Maybe one, maybe one. But no, um, not at this moment in time. I, I think talking pitching and potential trade targets later on down the line, if we're still in the mixer, could be a fun conversation. Mm. Certainly with uh, one thing we haven't mentioned is minor league baseball starting this week. So we've got a few of the rosters out and we're still waiting for the Salt Lake Bees one, but we can predict, we know that in the infield, you're going to have Ren Hefer, you're going to have Tice, you're going to have Taylor Ward. In the outfield, you're going to have Brandon Marsh and Joe Adele, Juan Lagares. I mean, that's quite, going to be quite a fun, fun team to follow, I think, this year. All the Angels' top prospects that are near the majors are in there. I said yesterday on Twitter, the double A the double A roster looks pretty weak, but that's because there's such a gap between our top prospects in triple A and the rest of our top prospects are all playing able this year. Yeah, well, you've got Reed Detmers, haven't you, gone into double A, so it'll be good to see how he performs in there. Um, I'm also interested to see whether Taylor Ward's actually going to be playing at triple. Is he going to be catching? Where's he going to be on that field? It'll be interesting to see. I doubt he'll be catching because you've got Ben Boom and Kruger down there. Yeah, that's true. So, so why bother with spring training? I'll be interested to see if he gets some reps. Mm, absolutely. But that's one to follow. Do you follow the minor league system when we're playing? Not, not massively, but I am I am going to try and make a conscious effort this year. So, may, I don't know, maybe I'll follow the trash pandas and you get on a Salt Lake and maybe we can try and incorporate that some way, somehow. Well, I'm going to be giving you a pop quiz every week, so you better be... <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything less. A little bit of blindsiding right up your wheelhouse. Exactly, and making sure it stays in the recording. Anyway, Dave, thanks so much for joining me. Good to chat Angels Baseball with you, and we'll be back very soon. Thanks to everyone, as usual, for listening. Please do go and like and subscribe the podcast. Always appreciate it. Always appreciate you listening, and uh, go Halos.